Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Oh, baby, live around the world on the internet at MichaelDukeshow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station. And or FM translator. Hello, my friends. Hello. How you doing? Are you are you ready to uh, you ready to get to get on board and uh, do all the things uh, that uh, it's Monday. It's Monday after a long, long week and uh, we're back at it and ready to go. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm kind of uh, kind of excited. Uh, it has been um, it was a great weekend. Uh, I spent the weekend in Fairbanks uh, at the outdoor show there uh, and the gun show and got a chance to say hi to many of you who were uh, uh, who came through and and uh, talked to me and uh, hung out for a few minutes, got a chance to interact with a lot of different people and to kind of take a pulse, kind of take the pulse of uh, of what's going on and what people are thinking and how they're feeling about stuff and some I, you know, I, I came back with some interesting insight, and so we're going to talk about that this morning, and uh, see what you guys uh, see what you guys have to say about it as well. Uh, I'm going to open up the phone lines uh, right well right now. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to open them up right now. So uh, let's turn on the phones and see what you guys have to say. Nine zero seven four three three thirty one fifty nine zero seven four three 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 one five zero. Of course, the show is brought to you today by your friends over there at Satellite West. You can find them at satellitewest.com, and uh, they've got a uh, they've they've got a huge selection of things uh, that will help you stay connected, no matter where you are in the state. Feel free to uh, uh, feel free to go over to their website and take a look at all the different deals and details, and of course, all their local dealers, including. Uh, Lundy Marine and Electronics out there uh, in uh, out there in Dutch Harbor, uh, just one of the one of the many dealers here in the state of Alaska, and we want to say thank you to Satellite West and all the dealers and everything else for helping to uh, sponsor the program uh, as we go through the as we go through the thing here. So it's all it's all good. It's all good. Um, all right. So uh, today, no guest today. Uh, so a little bit of open line, open form. Uh, we can uh, we can discuss some stuff. I'm going to go through some of the headlines, and then I'm going to recap uh, some of the discussions that I had this weekend with a variety of listeners, many of whom I'm sure have never uh, called into the program uh, and talked to us here. Uh, they uh, uh, yeah, they came and they talked to me about various things, and uh, you know some of them it was just uh, that they listened uh, every morning. Or they listen to the podcast later in the day, and they just they love the show, and they wanted to say hi, and 
that was great. And then there was a lot of you that uh, came up and talked about some of the things that you're concerned about. And uh, there is some concern. And I can understand that. I, I myself am a bit concerned about some of the things that are happening out there. So we'll discuss those and I think talk about <clears throat> some of the biggest things. You know, what was the what was the the most popular topic of conversation amongst uh, amongst folks who were uh, coming in and and uh, talking with me? So we'll be doing that this morning as well, and then hopefully uh, we'll get uh, we'll get your hot take on it as well. We'll we'll get we'll get we'll get through. It'll be good. Um. Anyway, ready to uh, <clears throat> ready to rock and roll here on this beautiful. Monday morning. Tomorrow on the program, of course, Chris Story will be joining us for our weekly uh, for our weekly life coaching lesson. Brad Keithley will come in with a weekly top three, and we're gonna be we're gonna be all ready to go. This week is just I, this is gonna be a great week. I can tell you right now, it's gonna be a great great week if we can get rid of winter. I was so crazy. I, you know, I drove up to Fairbanks on Thursday, right after the show. Uh, I took a took a quick jaunt up to Fairbanks, and it was boy smooth sailing. It was, I was telling people, there's nothing but blue skies, sunshine, and dry pavement all the way to Fairbanks. Got to Fairbanks. It was nice and warm. It was forty something degrees that evening uh, as I was getting some supper, and uh, it was pretty nice on Friday, and then Saturday. Man, the wind started blowing like it was Palmer and the Butte, like it was Healy, like it was Delta. I don't know. It was just the wind was icy chill at about 30 miles an hour. And so Saturday and Sunday and that that winter storm advisory uh, that was supposed to drop a bunch of snow started blowing and everything uh, uh, started blowing. Luckily, no snow dropped on the way home, but boy. It was windy, and it was uh, it was a little bit bitter cold. On uh, <laughs> it was a little bit a uh, little bit bitter cold on uh, Saturday and Sunday, but here we are, and hopefully, hopefully, you folks in Fairbanks are going to see a little bit warmer weather. Supposed to apparently be supposed to be like fifty degrees later this week. I mean, who can tell? Who who knows what's going on? But this winter is apparently. Headed for the, headed for the history books. We'll we'll see. I'm I mean I'm ready for. It. I got home and actually, uh, it had been warm enough down here in the valley that uh, that that a lot of the snow had melted out of my lawn, and I th- I'm starting to see some greens, green stuff peek up around the edges. So maybe just maybe, this winter is finally coming to a close, and we can enjoy, we can enjoy the summer. I'm that's what I'm hoping for. I'm, I mean, I'm, I don't know about you, but I am ready for summer. The last couple of years have been such a yo-yo on the, uh, on the emotions and on the, you know, just, it's just, it's the struggle bus, right? I mean, it's been, it's been a tough one. So I'm hoping that 2023 is going to be, um, is going to be the, 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 the recovery year that we all wanted that we just can't wait for. And, uh. I guess we'll 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 see we'll see how that goes we'll see we'll see how that goes but that's that's the plan and we're 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 scrambling to get it done. 
Um, the good news, as far as that goes, is that we could be looking at one big positive uh, for this season, and that is the tourist industry. Um, it's being reported right now by several of the true uh, cruise industry folks and the tourism industry folks that uh, we should see a return to near record um, numbers of tourists on the cruise boats. Um, according to the ADN, increased capacity on the cruise ships and the pent-up demand from the lower 48 and around the world will help bring a record number of cruise guests to Alaska this summer. Hopefully a rebound for the industry after they got hammered pretty hard by the pandemic. Um, the first large cruise ship of the summer, the Norwegian Bliss, owned by Norwegian Cruise Lines, docked in Juneau early last week. It has uh, It's a big ship, has space for 4,000 people. It marked the start of the tourism season, officially. I mean, I know you look outside, it doesn't look like it, but uh, it's looking good. Tourism operators in Alaska is uh, said they're still struggling a bit with the labor uh, shortage. They've been they've having a real hard time, and uh, I mean, if I've heard that, I've heard it a million times from folks that they're having a hard time getting uh, workers. But it is easing, and they said that they'll uh, more than likely be able to operate at full capacity this summer um, as the uh, as they find fixes for the labor issue. A large number of travel agents say they're getting emails and calls from potential travelers inquiring about booking an Alaska trip. So that's good news. The cruise industry expects to bring 1.65 million passengers into Alaska this season. Uh, that's from the uh, Alaska for Cruise Lines. Uh, uh, that's the Cruise Lines International Association, which is the largest trade group. Uh, the record set was 1.3 million passengers back in 2019. So 1.65 would be quite a jump. Um, and, of course, the pan, uh, the pandemic created some serious problems uh, during that year. And we're, we're finally, I think, back up to the top. I think we're back up to the top. And uh, so fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. We'll see. We'll see what it looks like. But uh, all signs are indicating that it could be a good year for tourism as well, which I guess it depends on. How much time you spend on the highway stuck behind that rented motorhome uh, for somebody going 35 miles an hour, right? I mean, I guess that's that's how to that's how you you got to balance out that that whole thing. <laughs> that you got to balance out that whole thing. But that is a piece of good news. I I think we're all ready for summer, and uh, I for one uh, can't wait to go out and hit the roads. And I do love a little bit of driving. I I you know what it's and people. People are like, well, why do you drive to Fairbanks? Well, okay, so uh, I'll, let me break it down for you. I live in Wasilla. It's an hour and five minutes to, uh, or hour and five, hour and ten minutes to the airport or to the parking place where I have to park my car, and then an extra half hour to go to the airport, and then go through the body cavity search at the thing, and then climb on an airplane, and then fly to Fairbanks, and then acquire a car somehow whether it's rental or whatever, and do all that kind of stuff. And I mean, by the time I'm all said and done, I may have saved 40 minutes by flying up there, and then I have to pay for a car on top of it. Uh, meanwhile, <clears throat> I can just climb into a car and enjoy some window time. And uh, that, I mean, I, I, I love it. I 
love it. I I could do. So I'm looking forward to maybe uh, cruising on Douth and going down to the Seward Highway and going a little south this summer. We'll come down and enjoy uh, some time spent with all you folks down on the peninsula as well. I got a chance uh, to see folks in Fairbanks this weekend and maybe maybe this weekend or next weekend I'll head down to the peninsula and maybe we'll all have uh maybe we'll have a coffee clatch or something down there while we're down. I have to go down I have to go down there and talk to some folks about uh talk to a man about a horse down there in uh Soldat in a Homer area so maybe we can all say hi and and enjoy each other. Uh well I'm going to be emceeing by the way that reminds me in June I'm going to be emceeing the Bear Creek Music Festival. Uh, I'm going to be up on stage uh, introducing the acts and talking to folks. So if you don't have your, uh, haven't got your tickets yet for the Bear Creek Music Festival, it's on June the 3rd. And that supports the, uh, that supports the uh, scholarship that Bill Fry set up down there for, uh, for schools. It's a school scholarship. So make sure you mark your calendars for June the 3rd. I'll be down there saying hi to everybody and, and uh, doing my thing. So, yeah, you could say I'm pretty excited about uh, this summer, and I'm ready for it. Maybe we could just ask the Lord to turn it down a little bit and crank back the dial on the on the time compression so that the summer doesn't go like that, you know. That seems to be my last couple summers. You blink it, it's gone, right? I just got I don't have enough time, so. All right, well, we're going to get down into the serious stuff here in just a few minutes. Um I'm I'm just <clears throat> happy to be home, happy to be back, and I'm looking forward to chatting it up with you uh, today. So feel free to give us a call. Phone number 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. If you'd like to sound off, we'd love to hear from you this morning. Feel free to give us a ring, and we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. I got some topics I got I got some thoughts. That's all directly ahead. The Michael Duke Show, Comic Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. Back with more right after this. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Oh, man. I am... Yeah, I am ready for... I am so ready for uh, summer. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Um, Where's Brian? I don't know, Brian sleep in this morning? Brian must be sleeping in, I guess. Uh, I don't see him this morning. All right. Good morning, folks. Good morning, Jeffrey, Anthony. Anthony says he's on strike until the weather stops being transclimatic and identifies as winter. <laughs> Did I see any UFOs on the way home? It been hard to see UFOs with all the sunshine in the sky. It was uh 
It was light out till I almost got all the way up to the front yard. It was a beautiful, beautiful day. Little windy going through the pass. And um, windy with some blowing, just, you know, snow, misty snow. You know, it doesn't settle down. It just kind of blows across the highway. But once I got through the pass, it was just blue skies and sunshine. Just, just beautiful. I uh, was able to make it through. Um, and, uh, yeah, Terry told me that uh, the whole time I was gone, it was like 40-plus something here uh, at the house. But, ooh, yeah, it was just, man, the wind in Fairbanks yesterday. Went outside to grab something out of my car without a jacket on, which had not been a big deal on Thursday or Friday. And I had, ugh, I had a chill by the time I got back to the thing. It was like just cutting right through you. Um, Jeannie says her lawn is still under four feet of snow. I mean, we had snow that was up almost over my head on both sides of the driveway this winter at one point. And now I'm seeing green around the edges and there's, you know, like eight inches left on the, it's nice. It's nice. Um, all right. Um, how about a tax the tourist bill instead of the Alaskan people, says Hawk. The problem, here's the problem with the idea of the tax that, you know, the head or the sales tax on tourism and all that stuff. The problem is, is again, 1.6 million visitors through the cruise lines. That stuff is all captive. And what I mean by that is, is that they don't get out much beyond the tours and the excursions and things like that that are planned by the tour companies. So they don't get out into the, you know, they're not going out into the community and buying, uh, you know, buying stuff at, uh, you know, Big Ray's or Sweeney's Clothing or they're not going, you know, they're not getting out into the public. Everything's kind of self-contained within the bubble of the tourism companies. So I don't think that that would generate nearly as much um, as much uh, revenue as people think it would, you know. So it's, uh, but anyway, it's a, it's a, it's a good deal. Um, breaking news. Alaska will only have two days of summer. Hush your mouth. Where's Bear Creek? Bear Creek Winery, uh, in Homer, Christine. It's Bear Creek Winery in Homer. They do a music festival every summer to help benefit, uh, a scholarship fund that Bill Fry set up. And, um, um, I love, I love being, I've emceed it. They haven't had it for two years because of COVID. This will be the first year back, I think. And uh, I've emceed it for two or three years. Anyway, it's a lot of, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Um, <clears throat> all right, let's see. Tax the tourists and the tourist industry. Um, yeah, I thought you were going to take the wind with you. No, you guys can keep that. That stuff was brutal. I mean, brutal. Um, yeah, it was uh, the the uh, yeah the the uh, the wind was. It was just like living in Delta or Healy or Palmer near the Butte. I mean, it was just windy, windy, windy. Okay. Um. I guess that means it's time to go. Time to get uh, time to get jiggy with it. Let's jump back into it. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share. Like and follow. Good morning. Happy Monday. 
All right. Welcome back to uh, Monday morning. A little bit open line, open forum today. Phone lines are open. I want to recap some of the things that I talked about this weekend with the listeners who came out and saw me at the outdoor show. I was up in Fairbanks all weekend. Got a chance to say hi to a lot of uh, a lot of people. It's always enjoyable. I get to go up there twice a year and um, hang out with a bunch of my friends. Although I will say, uh, I will say, you know, hey, when did all my um, when did all my high school compatriots <clears throat> start to look so old? I mean. I ran into a few people that I've known since I was a teenager, and I'm like, damn, son, when did you get so old? You look old. Why? As I stroke my white beard. You, why, why did you, how did you get so? <laughs> it's kind of crazy, right? That time just flies. You don't see him for six, eight months a year, and all of a sudden you come back and you go, man, what? Is it me, or did we all get old all of a sudden? <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Oh, man. Um, all right. So, um, what are some of the big headlines before we get into my, uh, before we get into my topic of, uh, discussion. And, uh, so a couple interesting, there really wasn't much that really happened over the weekend with the exception of the Friday, uh, court case that came out, the decision, uh, ruled on by the Alaska Supreme court and the paper calls it a landmark decision. Uh, They have the Supreme Court of the state of Alaska has decided that the um, that the uh, uh, the local committee on uh, I lost the thing here, the local committee on the redistricting board, right, the Alaska redistricting board, which is tasked uh, to redraw the boundaries of the political districts in the state of Alaska every 10 years on the census date they're they're tasked with redrawing the lines of uh, where the where the different uh, districts are all based on um, all based on um, uh, population right because as the population shifts and grows so every 10 years they have to redistrict and uh, for the last Oh, I want to say, what is it, the last five or six times the courts have gotten involved because this is, and historically, this is what happens. the Because the Alaska Redistricting Board is made up of political appointees from a variety of, of, uh, of governors and everything else, there's always some kind of partisanship that goes on, and there always ends up to be some infighting into who can draw the biggest boundary for whoever or whatever is going on. So for the last... Uh, I think the last five, this might be actually the sixth time. I have to go back and look. But for the actual, for the last five or six times, the courts actually have gotten the final say on what the districts looked like um, because they have ruled that uh, essentially the district uh, redrawn lines were not fair. And so. In a lot of cases, they suggest an alternative or whatever, and it literally becomes law. And it's it's become a hyper-political process. And with the fact that the judiciary in this state 
seems to also be becoming more political. This is not that surprising that they've come out with an additional order because they did ask for it. They ruled back in November um, that uh, there was a, you know, that there should be an interim map. They put out a court order that said the current map is not right. Here are the things that you have to hit. And so the board uh, approved, the redistricting board approved an interim map for the November election. And then they were supposed to come back with a second choice and do all that, right? So, well, the court ruled on Friday that the redistricting board would have 90 days to appear before a superior court and show cause as to why the interim map that was used supposedly just for the one November election should not be used until the 2032 general election, basically going forward. The Supreme Court or the Supreme Court also ruled that Partisan gerrymandering is unconstitutional under the Alaska Constitution's Equal Protection Doctrine. Well, duh. I mean, that's not that surprising. Uh, the, the fact of the matter is, though, of course, every redistricting board has had some kind of favoritism or gerrymandering going on. It's always a push-pull between the conservative and the, and the progressive members of the board. And, you know, it's always been a battle. Like I said, it's always been contentious. The courts have had to decide what the redistricting board has been doing for the last 50 years. It, it's Everyone ends up in court. So this is not that shocking. Um, John Binkley is the chair of the board. He said that the five-member board would need to carefully consider the court's ruling and that members would likely hear public testimony before deciding how to proceed. He said he was personally satisfi- satisfied with the interim map and the process he oversaw. And Nicole Bor- uh, Borromeo, who was one of the minority board members who opposed giving, she was against the original um, district map, which got thrown out by the courts before the interim one came up. And she said uh, she supported the interim map because it comported with the Constitution, but she was interested in hearing if other board members wanted to reopen the draft and the document and all that kind of stuff. Um, this, uh, this, this, uh, ruling from the Supreme court is pretty huge, 144 pages. Um, and he, the, uh, the opinion was written by the chief justice, Daniel Winfrey, who described quote unquote, secretive procedures used to draw two Eagle river Senate districts to benefit Republicans. Um, and, uh, and goes on and on and on. Anyway, this is a, um, it's an interesting development, but again, to me personally, not that surprising. Uh, it's not. It's not surprising that this is because the. It seems like the Supreme Court in the state has gotten a bit more politically active, or, or more willing, I guess, to take on some very political, high stakes kind of cases. Um, and uh, I was not shocked at all back in November when they came out and basically said, "You got to redraw it, and here are the specs." Because, again, that's what's happened every year for the last, you know, 50 years or so. So not that, not that surprising. Uh, but we'll see if they need to go further than that. If all they want to do is keep the current interim map, I guess that's what it is. But, uh, you know, just I guess not that shocking. The landmark, the, the, I guess the landmark ruling part of it was the fact that they said gerrymandering is unconstitutional, which... Again, duh. I mean, <laughs> you, you know what you know what that's like, right? 
Uh, so that was really the one big story that came out uh, this week. There wasn't a lot happening in Juneau. Uh, on Friday, um, it was announced that, um, well, I mean, I guess on Friday they came out with the uh, um, uh, with the news that the Senate had approved and expanded the Medicaid benefits for new mother- mothers, which uh, only affects mothers who were on Medicaid at the time that they were pregnant. There's a there's a program in Medicaid where you can uh, where you can file just while you're pregnant and then it takes over the baby's health care after the baby's born. But usually the mothers ceased. uh, And now this would extend that coverage for new mothers for one year after the date of birth of their child, which would, um, I guess, would would help with the preventable preventable maternal mortality rates um so that moms don't uh you know don't have a a problem it's basically likely to reduce the number of new mothers who die after birth right so that's that's what it is that's really all that came out this weekend uh i did see um i did see uh some of the legislators uh wandering around the outdoor show up in fairbanks so I think everybody came home for the weekend to uh, see the constituency and press the flesh and do all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. Maybe they had uh, maybe they ducked out uh, all across the legislature. There is only uh, see what is it? uh, Thirty days, half September, April, June, and November. So we're talking about six plus that. That's twenty three days. Twenty three days left of the session. Oh, they better boogie, better boogity boogity. Got to get going on. Uh, Props to the governor. I know that I kind of have been taking him to task lately, but I will say that I did appreciate and had to chuckle um, at Washington on Wednesday. We talked about this a little bit on Firearms Friday. We didn't get into it too much. We'll probably revisit it this Friday. But uh, the Washington legislature passed a ban on dozens of types of rifles on Wednesday. The governor immediately (laughs) took to social media and had a message for all the residents of the Evergreen State. He said, move on up to the last frontier. For all those great citizens of the state of Washington who value the Second Amendment, and actually all of the Constitution, think about moving to the great state of Alaska. Now, of course, we would have to get our fiscal house in order to really attract a lot of those people. I mean, we are still dead last in business. Uh, We're dead last. Oh, there's a new report out uh, on the highways. Uh, in America uh, that uh, the Reason Foundation put out. We are dead last in highway. We get we get a lot of money, but we're dead last in taking care of our highways and our infrastructure. We got, we, I mean, we're dead last in a ton of stuff. So while I appreciate the sentiment of inviting Washingtonians to come on up to Alaska, um, you, I think we probably need to get our house in order before that goes up. But good for you, Governor. Good for you. You're doing some outreach. I mean, you're not doing outreach to your people, just to the, you know, rest of the people, but that's fine. That's that's fine. Um <clears throat> so you can you can keep that all squared away. I would just really like to see you do some more communicating with the people here in the state of Alaska. Uh and and you know, maybe Fill us in on what your plan is for the upcoming, you know, for the budget and what you would like to see in it and what you'll absolutely veto. 
It would be nice to know before we hit the end of the session, so maybe we don't have to have all these special sessions and everything tying everything up. Maybe you could communicate that. Well, I mean, and maybe he is with the legislature. Maybe with, with the actual legislators, maybe he is. And he's just not keeping us in the loop on it. I would just like to see a little bit more of an open communication with the public. That's worked out for him well in the past when he's done that. I don't know why he continues to, I don't know why he stopped, I guess. Uh, he's got the bully pulpit with Facebook and everything else. He could announce all kinds of things um, and and keep in touch with us that way. He doesn't even have to have the friendly ear of the news media. But, you know, it, it just seems like it's gotten quieter and quieter and quieter. And then, well, hey, Washingtonians, come on up to Alaska. Okay, then quiet again. But good for him. Like I said, I will, uh, I will uh, you know, give him props where props is due. Let me just let me just say that uh, unless, of course, he's just looking for more bodies in the state so that his sales tax will generate more revenue. I don't know. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> just I'm just thinking I'm just uh, just thinking that might be the case. All right. We got more coming up. Um, we're going to start to get into it. Our discussions and a recap of the things I talked about this weekend with you. And uh, we'll also take some phone calls. Let's see what you guys have to say. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. Ha, <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Hmm. What do we got? Could have had a landing tax in all the ports or the cruise ship stocks, says Hawk. We could have. $1.6 million times 20. $20 head tax, landing tax for the state. Yep. That's an extra, uh, what, $20, $20 million? 20 times uh, $1 million is $20 million. 1.6, so it would be... $26 million. Okay. Um, <laughs> Anthony, always got to take it back to the food, my brother. He said, I smoked a 15-pound town, a fifteen pound beef bricks, brisket in defiance of this wind winter windstorm this weekend. It took freaking 18 hours, but the taste of victory was worth it. Nothing like a brisket you smoked yourself, is there? I mean, I've never done it personally, but I've heard tell. It's amazing. And I've eaten the results of many of self-smoked brisket. It is delicious. Oh, I needed a little bit of a pick-me-up this morning. Late night last night. Okay. 
I love Bear Creek. So do I. So do I. Um, good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, you win when they look older than you, said Jeannie. Well, I mean, I feel like maybe they, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, who am I to judge? I see my face every morning. I saw some of their faces for the first time in several years, and I was shocked. Shocked, I tell you, is how old they look. Um, good morning. Um, good morning. Hey, Greg's up in the uh, chat room this morning. Good to see you, Greg. Um, he's, Greg says he's still half asleep. Um, Dunleavy just needs to expand his tax base, says Harold. That's why he was asking those Washingtonians up. I could be, could be. Uh, but Bill says we don't want any of them. Go to Cali. He doesn't want any of the Washington folks up here. Um, let's see. Jesus, Bill. Bill says one Washingtonian. All it takes is one and they spread like herpes and spinard. Oh, that's colorful. Colorful. Oh, Brian showed up. He's vacationing in an undisclosed location in the eastern part of America. Have a good time. Have a good time. Um... That tax goes right into the city's pockets for that cruise head tax. Yeah, but, I mean, if he could institute a state landing tax as well, I mean, let's face it, most of those big ports that those cruise ships land at were funded with both state and federal money. The state could offer some supremacy and say, sure, you can keep your head tax for the city, but there's another $25 TED tax for the state as well. I mean, if they wanted to. Um... There you go. Still blowing up, still blowing in Fairbanks, man. It was like I said. It was I was, I was ready for it to be done last night when I I left. I'm like, oh, you guys can keep this. Uh, okay. Um, walked barefoot in the grass, snagging errant golf balls this morning. Well, hey, you know what? It's good work if you can get it, my friend. Good work if you can get it. Good morning to my brother Josh. Hey, Josh, how you doing, my friend? Good to hear from you. How's life? Uh, how's life in the big, I would say big city, but I know you're just, uh, how's life outside the last frontier? How you doing? It's good to hear from you, my friend. Blowing pretty bad in Palmer, too. Nine above in Fairbanks. Yeah, it's uh, currently 40 no, it's currently 32 degrees here, right? What is it? Oh, 29. 29 degrees. So, there you go. <sighs> Multiple ports at $20 times 5 plus state sales tax, says Ren, is expensive. Yeah, I understand. I mean, I, that's the challenge, right? You get multiple ports at 20 bucks each port. Plus, if you get a state state tax on it and all that kind of stuff, I understand. I mean, it increases the cost of that kind of stuff. That's what I was just saying. If that's what they were trying to do, that that is the, you know, again, it, it could become cost prohibitive. If you've got, you know, a $2,000 trip and it's got $200 in taxes on it on top of whatever else is baked into it, that could definitely be a problem. Okay. Um... 
let's uh, let's go. This cruise 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 uh, passengers seem to enjoy the liquor stores when they get off the boat. The shelves look mostly empty when they leave. Well, we'll have to see. All right, let's get back to it. Here we go. Welcome to Monday, my friends. Just another beautiful day here in the paradise that we like to call Alaska. Thank you for being part of the show as we continue on. It's open line, open forum today. I've got no guests, but I want to recap some of the discussions that I had this week. Uh, end this week. End this week is all kind of blended. I've been working. It's long. Um. Excuse me. Uh, let's uh, let's recap some of the discussions that I had with listeners who um, who uh, came up and saw me while I was out at the outdoor show this uh, last weekend, and i uh, I found that there was some interesting there was some interesting um, commonalities that went out through there. So first and foremost, let me say that. Everyone is concerned um, about not only what's happening in the state with our, you know, kind of the fiscal crisis and uh, not having a full, you know, any kind of uh, filled revenue plan or, you know, long-term fiscal plan. But a lot of folks uh, were talking about uh, the national level as well. They're concerned about what's happening um, at the national level with the budgets and things like that. Now, normally, I don't, I don't delve into those things simply because I feel like we can't, you know, we're, I can't make much of a difference in that area. I want to focus on what I can help and fix and change, and that's mostly the state stuff. But I will say that um, I wholeheartedly agree. I'm very concerned about the, um, I'm very concerned about the Appetite by lawmakers in Washington, D.C., the appetite for spending, the lack of this, what appears to be a lack of concern about the fiscal, uh, the the debt, the the deficit, the continual debt ceiling, um, the attack on the dollar as the world reserve currency. There's a there's a there's an attack in and I say attack. It's a uh, it's they're, it's they're using monetary policy to attack the dollar, right? Um, they're talking now about the new petro yuan, which is uh, you know uh, instead of petrodollars that the Saudi and other states would start trading oil uh, shares and revenues instead of doing it in the dollar, which is the general world reserve currency, they'd start doing it in some other um some other currency or maybe a bread what they call a breadbasket currency where it's a combination of currencies that are together and you have an um, economic state called the BRIC which is Brazil, Russia, India and China and the BRIC has been trying to create a breadbasket currency for trading oil and other things for years well they may be getting some traction on that right now 
Meanwhile, we're $31 trillion in debt. That's with a T. $31 trillion. And that's, that's just the raw debt. That doesn't include the unfunded liabilities and everything else, uh, which would go into potentially the triple digits of uh, if, you, if you looked at the unfunded liabilities of the debt and everything else. All you have to do is go read David Walker, who's a former Comptroller General of the U.S. He's written extensively about the actual cost of the debt and how much it is. I mean, when I interviewed him 20 years ago, nearly 18 years ago, uh, when he was the Comptroller uh, under, he had been the Comptroller for Clinton, Bush, and Obama. And he basically said, uh, at that point, I think it was $140 trillion in unfunded liabilities for what's owed by the government. Just let that sink in for a minute. And of course, now, you know, we've got politicians in Washington who pay a lot of lip service to the size of the budget and the debt and the deficit, and they're concerned and they, oh, I'm so, I'm, I'm worried. And then, of course, when, when push comes to shove, they never change anything. There's no cuts, there's no pullbacks, there's no reduction in the appetite for government spend it all just continues now they'll talk in front of the cameras like oh we are concerned about this but when it's all said and done they're just spent it's all so you know people a lot of people came up to me and i did see a lot of that kind of rhetoric of our team good their team bad kind of thing from a lot of the listener a lot of the people that came up and talked to me um and i kept trying to remind them that look it's not just their team bad our team good it's their team bad, most of our team bad, right? There's Because there's a ton of Republicans uh, in the national politics who are, they're, they're just perpetuating the thing. There is, out of the 500 and change members of the Congress in the House and the Senate, there's what, maybe five, six, eight that are true fiscal hawks, true fiscal conservatives. Um, but there are also some other ones from the more from the middle, which again seems to be a dirty word these days. People who are more moderate, they seem to be they get flack from both sides. Um, but there seems to be a new crew that are coming out and saying, wait, maybe Congress should do things the way we were supposed to do them. They have a revolutionary idea. Maybe we should write and pass a budget the old fashioned way. Instead of all this new stuff, Eric Bame over at Reason Magazine's got this article up. And uh, <clears throat> they said, amid the, uh, amid the ongoing fracas over the federal government's debt limit and the possible debt default, there's a group of 63 lawmakers who's pushing an idea that's so simple it might be revolutionary. Have Congress do its job. It's called the Bipartisan Problem Solvers Caucus, and it's made up of 31 Republicans and 32 Democrats. So pretty evenly split. And it has reportedly crafted a debt limit proposal that calls for Congress to return to so-called regular order for the passage of annual budget bills. That means that the dozens of appropriation bills that make up the federal government would have to go through the full congressional process, including committee hearings individual votes on each bill rather than all be rolled into a massive omnibus package that which is what congress has done for years i mean not only have they done the whole continuing resolution thing there is no amendments on the floor to the budget it's a simple up and down vote after leadership has kind of packaged it all together into this huge turducken and there you go 
That's I mean, that's what's been going on. They're no they're not under what they call regular order. And finally, um, this uh, group has come together and said, hey, we we need to we need to do something. According to Axios, a return uh, in a draft proposal that they published, a return to regular order would be one of the several changes that lawmakers in the group would demand as part of a debt ceiling deal. They're also asking for the creation of a new fiscal commission to make recommendations on stabilizing the federal government's dangerously high levels of debt and the adoption of budget controls to limit future spending increases. That's a spending cap, essentially. If those terms are agreed to, the group's framework would raise the debt ceiling to a level that won't be reached until after 2025, in other words, until the after the next election. Now, this is obviously not a full fix of what's going on, but, I mean, you know, actually allowing Congress to function in the way that was intended by the framers and some, instead of some kind of special rules dreamed up by politicians in the back room where it takes all the control and places all the control and power into the hands of the leadership and the rank-and-file members basically stand around and do nothing. All they ever get is an up-and-down vote on this kind of stuff. So this is, a, I mean, this would be an amazing thing um, if, if it was possible. So anyway, I was saying that many people that I talk to are concerned about not just the state of Alaska, but also the federal government and the spending there. And again, they should be. They should be. We should be concerned at the amount of debt we're creating in this country, the amount of spending, this acting as if we can do everything that's going on and we can do it indefinitely. Uh, as I've said on this program many, many times, you can't cheat arithmetic. Math don't lie, people. Math don't lie. You cannot continue to take in more than you spend or excuse me, you cannot continue to spend more than you take in. Well, it'd be nice to have it the other way around, wouldn't it? You can't continue to spend more than you take in for any length of time before eventually it will all come crashing down. And I got to be honest, never in my lifetime have I felt more likely that we are closer to that happening within my lifetime than right now. I mean, I've never I haven't seen a I haven't seen a hard push against the dollar as the world reserve currency for 10 years. And now they're making an exerted effort. Um, and I think in part, Russia is kind of desperate for it because they need a distraction from what they've got going on. China would love to take the upper hand in a lot of these things. It's I mean, this is a problem. This is a real, real problem. And that's, again, all on the national and international stage. So that was one thing that I was surprised to see because I have been concerned about it, but obviously we haven't been talking about it on the program because I don't always deal with national politics, right? It's very rarely that I get into national politics. But it seemed like a consistent concern from all the listeners that I spoke to this weekend. They're very concerned about that. And I will give you, I will tell you what I told them. I will give you my answer and tell you what I told them about that specific issue when we return. Oh, see, that's called the hook. you got to come back now for me to tell you what I told them. We'll continue here in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. we got more coming up. And the phone lines are open. You guys are awful quiet this morning. 
907-433-3150 if you'd like to call in and tell me if you're concerned about this and what do you think we should do. I've got some I've got some thoughts. We'll continue with more in hour two. Dead ahead. Okay. Kevin says, what? You mean Congress wants to do a fiscal policy complete with a way to generate revenue to pay for what they have printed money for in the last decade? Shocked, shocked, I tell you. That's his shocked face. Just saying, that's what it is. That's a double hook when you tell it's a hook. Yeah, I know. It's right. It's the double hook. Um, all right, let me let me go up here. I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling backwards to see what you guys have to say. Um, go woke, go broke. I guess Bed Bath & Beyond did the same. I saw the headline. I didn't, uh, I haven't read this story, but the headline reads, Bed Bath & Beyond, where was it? Here it is. Uh, what was it? Bed Bath & Beyond went broke, went woke, now going broke, files for Chapter 11. Now, Bed Bath & Beyond in 2021 made a decision to go with ESG, Environmental Social Government's Flow, and became a top ESG retail employer in tw by 2030. It made it as far as 2023, and it crashed and burned, filing for bankruptcy. <laughs> Guess that ESG stuff is expensive. ESG stuff is not cheap. I mean, I shouldn't, I mean, it's somebody's losing their job. I guess I shouldn't laugh, but. You know, that's what happens, apparently. Apparently. Um, let's see. Um, personally, I don't like the idea. Uh, this is Herder talking about, we were talking about that uh, head tax on uh, visitors. Personally, I don't like the idea of making it more popular to fleece visitors to our state. Within reason, I suppose it is established, but it becomes offensive at some point to my mind. And I agree. I mean, there's diminishing returns at some point, right, on that kind of stuff to the point to where, it, you know, how high do the taxes have to be before people are like, I'm not going to Alaska because they're trying to charge me all this stuff and I'm just not going to do it. Eating my breakfast. Mmm. Day old and still delicious. Okay. <laughs> Harold said, this is something I agree with. Harold said, well, at least the federal government will eventually get reined in, even if involuntary with the major, major fiscal and economic crash. I mean, I guess that's one way of looking at it. At least they'll be reined in. Yeah, if the, if the whole thing crashes, I could definitely see that being a problem, don't you? All right. I see we get one line on hold. So let's uh, let's go visit with this caller real quick and get their name and figure out who they are. And then we'll start off the show with them. All right, let's do that. Go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling uh, from? 
Hello. Hello, Mike. This is Dan in Fairbanks. Hey, Dan. Uh, I'm going to put you on hold, and you're going to be first up in the queue when we return to uh, the radio, okay? Thank you, Mike. All right. Thank you. Hold on the line there. Dan's on the phone from Fairbanks. We'll start off with him. Um, uh, <clears throat> Arkansas law just passed make gold and silver legal tender in the state. Money actually worth something, unlike the dollar that isn't even worth wiping something with. Um. Okay. Going through. Whoa. My screen just slid right on by. Um, it wouldn't seem to me, says Hawk, that these countries placing their bets on a communist currency is not going to end well for them. There are some African countries talking about this, so why are we giving them foreign aid again? You know, <clears throat> people have been known to cut their nose off to spite their face, Hawk. I mean, just as we, as the United States, have done the same thing. Exactly. Um... Going over here. ESG is Environment Soci Society and uh, it's, um, it's uh, Environmental Social Governance Flow, which is basically diversity, equity, and inclusion. That's what they're trying to do. Um, basically, the, the kind of the go woke thing. That's what it's all about. Um, bacon and egg sounds good, says Debbie. Yes, that does sound good. Please. Bring me some. It will be delicious. Um, uh, let's see. When Dozer said there is no political will to cut spending, he doesn't just mean in Juneau. What he is really talking about is Alaskans. We've gotten used to the oil money, just like the Fed printing money coming in for free. The refrain from everyone is to cut spending, but they also want their project done first. And that's what we saw in the governor's first uh, first budget, right, Kevin? I mean, he he did it. He went in there. He put a bunch of cuts in there, but he couldn't even get backing from the Republicans that were in the. I mean, he couldn't even get prevent the override. I mean, that's that's what it that's what it's all about. Um, there is. Yeah, you're right. There is no political will. The gravy train must continue. Seems to be the political mantra. For all the way through there. OK. Okay, well, what are we at? Uh, we're about to jump back in. Dan is up in Fairbanks. And we're going to talk with Dan here in just a minute. We'll see what he has to say. And then I will deliver on the hook that I gave you before the break. I'll tell you what I told them. We'll see what we get, what happens from there. All right. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement. 
is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Live around the world on that thing we call the Internet. And across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Good morning and welcome to the program. It is hour two of the Michael Duke Show. Uh, open line, open forum today. No, uh, no guests lined up. I wanted to kind of recap uh, how my weekend went and the interactions and discussions that I had with a lot of listeners up in the Fairbanks area. Um, be, you know, kind of detailing what they were concerned about. And we just started talking about it, um, here just a minute ago. And, uh, we were discussing how a lot of people are concerned about the national debt and the size of government in the United States overall, and the seemingly lackluster, uh, concern from our politicians as to whether or not this can be fixed. And I was going to tell you what, um, what my thoughts were on it, what I were tell- was telling the listeners. But before we go to that, uh, I do have one call on hold. Dan from Fairbanks is calling in this morning. And just like Dan, you can call in and talk with us this morning, too. I've got the phone lines open at 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. And, of course, uh, the program brought to you this morning by our friends over there at Satellite West. You can find them at SatelliteWest.com. Let's go to the phones and see what Dan has to say. Good morning, sir. What is uh, on your mind? This is Dan in Fairbanks. Yeah, I, I just want to thank you, Mike, for talking about the economic situation in our nation. I know you talk a lot about in our state, but the, the economic situation in our state with uh, money printing and uh, it's just crazy. I'm uh, And I was really pleased that you said something about Arkansas trying to um, make gold um, legal tender. I'm I'm wondering if there's any move in our Alaska state legislature to do the same thing for us, because uh, if we don't if we don't get our act together, our our economic act together, it's over for this nation. Um, yeah, I'm really really concerned. I'm really really pleased, and keep up the good work on that, Mike. Well, thank you. Ke- yeah, Representative Kevin McCabe has a bill in the legislature right now. It's HB three, I believe. That is a gold and silver as legal tender bill. Uh, it's up right now. I don't know what kind of movement it's getting uh, or where it's going from here. Uh, but there have been several states. Arkansas is one. Wyoming is another that have put together gold backed, um, you know, gold back uh, uh, certificates that basically um, have gold and silver as legal tender. So, yeah, I mean, it's a. It's a good idea. I mean, I think it's it's something. It's a good basis for what's going on. Uh, unfortunately, if we don't get a handle on what's happening in the United States, um, you know, it's gonna it's gonna affect us all. That that's the bottom line. If the if the dollar stops becoming the world reserve currency and the demand for the dollar worldwide plummets, well, we're gonna have some serious issues here in the country. I don't know, Mike, what is wrong with the public out there. They seem to think that printing money produces something, and it doesn't produce anything. 
I expect the day will come when there's going to be so much money out there and it'll have no value that I'll stick it in my outhouse to wipe my rear on. Uh, anyway, I just thought I'd call and thank you for that. All right, Dan. Well, thank you so much for your call. Appreciate you calling in and sounding off this morning. Uh, thanks for being part of it. 907-433-3150. Let's, uh, we got another call, so we'll go over there. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hello, Mike. This is Jason calling from Fairbanks. Uh, good morning, Jason. My, my call is exactly, is it, I, yeah, my call is directly connected with Dan's also, by the way. Oh, one thing also, um, if you had the chance, you could send me that aeroponic video when you get the chance. Yeah, I'm sorry. Right yeah, I've been busy this week. Yeah. Watch that video you found on. Yeah, I'll but, get it. Um, I'll get it to you this week. Okay. As far as Dan's call, what I've been thinking about, I'd heard that states are not allowed to produce their own coinage. That 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 is a you know in the Constitution. However, it comes down to this. Almost sounds like a Bill Clinton question. When is a coin not a coin? Because what I was thinking is, especially silver and gold, it's easy to tell what the purity of it is and how much is you have by measuring the specific gravity. You know, you just put it in a graduated cylinder full of water, and you can get those anywhere. You know, you know, even at, at uh, restaurant supply place. What if Alaska and our other states issued not coins, but just like a square of gold, let's say uh, you know, 15 millimeters wide by about two or three millimeters thick, you know, whatever would work out to where it would be a dollar or something. Because when you think about it, our old coins yeah, up to 1964, and a South African tourist once told me our money was stupid. And I said, what do you mean our money's stupid? And he said, look, he's that your nickel is, is so much bigger than your dime, and the, and the quarter is, is is so much bigger. And I said, well, when I explained to him that they used to be made of silver except the, the nickel, which is made of the metal nickel, he said, oh, that's not so stupid then. You know, I explained to right. they don't use the, the pure metal anymore or, or you know, a very high-purity alloy. Why couldn't Alaska just uh, issue, you know, issue pieces of metal like that that are guaranteed to have, you know, so much percentage of gold that would not be coins, right. and they still would be small enough that you could carry them easily and and transact business using them. You know, in other words, use them as legal tender, but technically they wouldn't be coins. Right. Well, the coinage issue is definitely problematic, and that's why uh, Kevin McCabe's bill talks about species. Spe- what do they call specie? Specie mm-hmm. currency? Uh, it's not technically currency, okay. but they had bills, their actual fabric bills that have gold woven into them. He showed an example of a one two hundredth of a troy ounce certificate. It was basically a gold certificate uh, that could be taken as okay. tender. Uh, the coinage issue is the big concern again because that's constitutionally um, that's that's to the to the Congress. That's Congress's responsibility. So that's why I think most places have steered away from actual coinage. But you could do it. I mean, we have the technology now. Um, as as Kevin was talking about that that little that gold certificate actually had gold woven into it. It was actually if you wanted to burn the bill and and. And uh, and crucible it up and do all that kind of stuff. It would actually have one two hundredth of an ounce of troy ounce of gold in it. So that's one way to do it. Um, it is difficult. I mean, it's difficult to uh, to to get it going on. I mean, as I've said in the past, if you really wanted to have some portable currency that could spend no matter what's going on, um, you know, junk silver, junk coinage, which is all pre nineteen. I was just about to say yeah, that. yeah, pre nineteen seventy one. I think is all 
the the all the coins pre 1971 were 90 95 percent pure silver and so you could always take that and a pair of tin snips and you've got a you've got a way that you could create your own fractional currency do i need to clip a dime in half to give you you know x number of 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 ounces or or a part of ounces of, of silver that's what you could do um, but yeah, I think more and more states are re- recognizing this because this gold and silver as money concept is going around to many states and, and it's it's getting some movement out there. And also, with the EdTech, and I was about to say, Mindy Juliana is, is very uh, read up on doing that too. She's always, she always had pushed junk silver and it's spoken of how you do that. And then, and then you know, you heard the old term in pirate movies, pieces of eight. That's literally what it was. It was a coin, a gold coin, maybe a organ or something and you cut it into eight pieces you know pie shaped pieces and that was your two bits i think you know if you went to a bar or a restaurant or something like that but another thing i'm thinking related to that is legally is there any barrier to using other metals because there are other metals that are what you would consider precious or semi-precious that are industrial metals too in other words they have a use not just because of the rarity although they are rare like the lanthanide series metals, like some of the rare earths, you know, like like uh, osmium, ruthenium, palladium, metals like that, and um, and 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 those could be used, I think, for coinage too. And, and unless they're specifically written in the Constitution, in fact, a lot well, of them discovered until after the Constitution was written, would the Constitution even cover them in this coinage? Well, I again, <laughs> I think you have to remember that the economies are based on basically mutual consent, right? Uh, I want to trade with you something of value. You have to agree that it has value. So as far as private trades go, I don't see why any precious metal would be excluded from that. If I believe that it had the value that you say that it has, then I would be willing to trade you whatever for whether it's uh, lanthanite or platinum or palladium or chromium or uranium. I mean, I don't know, whatever it is, if we decide that it's the, if it's got a value, we could do it. Um, but the Constitution is pretty clear that uh, the right to coinage is reserved to Congress. So whatever you do, it's got to be kind of outside of that bailiwick there. So, Okay, no matter what it's made of. Okay. No matter what it's and made I can, of. I can see why governments, <laughs> they want their, uh, their their monopoly on it, so to speak. <laughs> you, well, yeah, I mean, it definitely gives them a – but again, historically we've seen what happens when government debases a currency i mean we can go back to rome and see what happened when they debased the currency oh yes and we could see you know you could see what happened there and that is part of the problem here there's no rule against keeping you know gold coins silver coins for collection or, or things like that you just can't use them as legal tender right there's the gray area so um, you know, you, you, your mileage may vary. Act wisely and let's see what goes on. Uh, thanks for your call, Jason. Okay. I appreciate it. All right. Appreciate Thank it. You. Thank you so much. Uh, we got one more call before we go to break and then I am going to get to the, uh, I'm going to get to my, my point as to what I was telling people. Let's go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning. This is Charles in Fairbanks. Good morning, Charles. Yep. The state did print a coin. The state did print a coin during statehood. They used that uh, option to print a uh, to mint a coin. Uh, 1959, the state had permission to uh, grant a coin of one dollar in trade. This has been done. I'd like to tell McCabe that, uh, and specifically uh, refer that case to him, so the way he knows that we already did that. 
That has happened, but it's only for a one-time issue of a $1 state coin. Now, the Federal Reserve, Charles Lindbergh Sr. is on record of saying uh, the, the Federal Reserve is the biggest trust there is in the whole world. That, that happened in a time where they were making laws against trust in the trust buster era. The Federal Reserve is the biggest trust in the, there is on the planet. So uh, thank you. And hello from Fairbanks. It's cold here. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you, Charles. I appreciate it. It is cold in Fairbanks. I was just there a few hours ago, so I definitely know what you're talking about. Thank you. Uh, I don't know if that $1 coin was just a commemorative coin, if it was legal tender or not. I'm not familiar with the statehood coin that was uh, that was minted at statehood. Did they get a waiver from Congress? I, I don't know. It'd be interesting to know. I know that there's been a lot of uh, commemorative coins that have been struck. Uh, in fact, I gave away uh, this weekend, somebody uh, uh, donated to us a, a coin for a Dory Prize, and it was a commemorative silver coin commemorating 75 years of the University of Alaska. And it was a solid silver coin with the university thing and everything. I mean, you know, so there you can have silver and gold in coinage that's just not legal tender, right? That's the thing, not legal tender. So there are ways to to uh, keep hold of that and and uh, and do all that. All right, uh, we are up on the break. So again, sorry to put you off with the the hook and all that, but we are going to tell talk about here on the other side what I told everybody this weekend, what my message was to folks who were concerned about what's happening at the national level, the dollar, the you know what's happening there, inflation the debt limit, all that stuff. I'll tell you what I told them. And uh, then you can call and tell me if you think I'm right or wrong. We'll see what you have to say. That's all dead ahead on The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Phone lines are open, and you can always drop me an email, me at michaeldukeshow.com. Back with more right after this. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these uh, entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, where are we here? I'm going back up here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, ESG is alive and well, says Jim. I can't sell my house until I tear out my hearth and change wood stoves. It's a pretty expensive proposition. Yeah. No, I'm I hear you. Um uh, let's see. What does ESG and the carpet initiatives that are they are pushing in Juno have in common. If you like Ponzi scams designed to make the rich richer, shove the middle class into the poor house and make the poor poorer, the simple answer is go woke, go broke. HB3. It's in house finance. The gold and silver is legal tender bill is in house finance, may be heard again this week, then to the floor. Write your legislator, tell him or her to vote yes. Yes, I think you should. Yes, I've written my legislator. His name is Kevin. Uh, Kevin, vote yes. There you go. You just wrote it. Um, Politidix says HB3 won't see the light of day is his take. 
The legislature has no will to put limits on their out-of-control spending. Well, this really has nothing to do with their spending. Um, it's more about protecting Alaskans. I don't know if, I don't know. We'll have to see. $100 for a loaf of bread, Venezuela overnight, says Hawk. I mean, that's the potential. I mean, if the dollar stopped being the world reserve currency, I mean, you could make the Weimar Republic look like a kid's birthday party. Seriously. Make Venezuela look tough. Um, uh, go back to the Alaska trade unit. Already a one ounce silver round, says Gary. I'm not, I haven't heard of that. The, let me look that up. The Alaska trade unit silver. What is that? The Alaska trade unit, one ounce silver. Uh, they come packaged in a clear plastic flip. Purchase one to nine, forty dollars. Huh? I'd never, I'd never seen that. The Alaska Trade Unit one ounce silver medallion. They are apparently just a commemorative coin for people that like to collect or stack silver. This is our Alaska Trade Unit one ounce silver bullion. Lowest price rounds are made of pure silver and sell for a few dollars above the market price of silver. Uh, the more you buy, the more you save. Huh, interesting. I've never, I had never seen that before. The Alaska, from the Alaska Mint, the Alaska Trade Unit, one ounce silver. Hmm. Well, thanks, Gary. I appreciate that. I'll, uh, I'll have to take a look at that. Interesting. Interest, interesting, interesting. Okay, here we go. Um, currency is going digital. Why not create an Alaska cryptocurrency based on gold and silver, says Jay, Jerrica. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the, the big concern is that this digital currency that the feds are pushing out, which would not be, again, it's not like a Bitcoin. I don't know if it's blockchain or what, but basically they could turn, they could turn it on and off at any time, right? That's the thing. Um, Morgan dollars are 99% silver after 1940. Silver coins went to 95%. Then in the 50s, they went to nickel. Nickel was harder and lasted in circulation longer. Um, uh, okay. And you can't spend it. It's a commodity or a collectible, says Kevin. That's what I'm saying. I mean, they you can get collectible coins. They're just not legal tender. So, you know. See what's going on. Um, oh, going through here. Libertarians have had an answer for this for a long time. Legalize competition between currencies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you buy junk silver, the thing is, it is legal tender and it's silver. So why not do that? Um, what about the Michael Duke's golden five-year coin? For those of you who don't know what he's talking about. Well, I have a I have a gift for members of the Common Sense Corps who have been members for five years. I had some commemorative coins made, so we'll uh, we'll be talking about that later. That's a, it's a conversation for later. All right, here we go. We're jumping back into it. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. I got one line on hold, but I'm going to have to have you hold just a minute longer, caller. We'll be back.
All right, uh, continuing right now, the Michael Duke Show. Hour two continues. I got one line on hold. I'm going to ask the caller to hold on just for a minute because I've been, I've been telling folks I'm going to tell. So there's two parts. I haven't even gotten to the second part of my discussion with the listeners this weekend when I met them in Fairbanks during the outdoor show. Uh, the first part, though, was that many of them, in fact, almost all of them commented at one point or another about the national issues, specifically the debt ceiling, the size and scope of government, you know, quantitative easing, the printing of money, inflation, all these issues that we're dealing with. And uh, it's not something that I normally cover on the show. We don't normally deal with national politics on the show, with the exception of Firearms Friday, because that's a different thing. But we don't normally deal with it because, quite honestly, I feel personally like we can have very little input on those things. We, it's a hard, we have a hard time making a difference in that, right? We can't really change anything. So here's what I told those people that my suggestion was. My suggestion is that you personally get your own house in order. You work to make sure that you are debt-free, that you have no outstanding you know, overhead, things like that. That if you have some extra money that you would like to invest, that, you know, precious metals are not a bad thing to hold on to as far as things that hold their value. Uh, and I, in that precious metals, I'm not talking about just gold and silver. I'm also talking about lead and brass, if you know what I mean, because that stuff is never getting. We were just choking this weekend. This stuff never gets cheaper. Uh, you could buy a case of ammo today and in another year or two or ten, it will be worth more than it is today. Just like firearms are a good investment, just like tools and things that you may use. If there was some kind of problematic, you know, calamity, things that you could be that you could use to keep your day to day life going, tools, generators, uh, things like that. Those hard goods, those are things that your money, those are things that can't lose value. Right. If you threw it on the shelf and it sat there, it would be just as useful today. Uh, or five years as it is today, as long as you haven't worn it out, it's it's worth the money that you put into it. If the dollar inflates or hyperinflates, if something like that goes on, it would be better to have hard goods rather than greenbacks, right? Because they wouldn't do you any good. I mean, if it takes you a thousand of them to get a loaf of bread tomorrow, wouldn't it have been buy, better to buy a thousand worth of something today than tomorrow? So, I mean, I'm not an investment advisor. Don't get don't get me wrong, don't get twisted on it. I'm just saying if you've got a if you've got a a part of your disposable income or maybe savings or investment dollars that you can put into something that won't lose its value and has a use in the future, you may want to think about it. And again, whether that's guns or ammo or gold or silver or tools, generators, um equipment that you can use to I mean, all just anything. That's what I recommend you do. And you start thinking about, you know, what do you have on hand? What do you have on hand in your house? What, do you have some food storage? Do you have, you know, some organized uh, stuff? Have you, have you spent a little money to get yourself organized with shelving and things that you need to put stuff on the shelf so that you have something laid back for the winter? Remember, I'm from a family of gold miners. My grandmother was born in a log cabin with a dirt floor way up north of Fairbanks. I mean, when she was 80 years old, living in her little condominium, you'd open up her pantry and there was six months worth of food in there just for her. Why? 
wasn't because she was worried about that. It's just how she was raised. And that's how I was raised. If you don't have a significant supply of food on your shelf, why not? You know, if you don't have a way to make heat and light and power, maybe you should invest in that. If you don't have a way to defend yourself in case something goes bad wrong, maybe you should invest in that. And then maybe you should go down and buy a $500 bag of junk silver just so you have something, just in case. Again, it's not going to lose its value. It'll always be worth something. And that's not to mention the medicines, uh, feminine hygiene products, toilet paper. I mean, how bad was there a run on toilet paper during the pandemic? Maybe you should get that or buy a bunch of used yellow pages, right? It's a, the perfect toilet paper. Just go find yourself a whole stack of old yellow pages. I mean, those are, you know, again, I just said, here's when people were worried about that. First of all, there's really nothing we can do about it. I mean, ideally, it, it will either sort itself out or it won't. We can encourage our legislators and our elected officials to do something about it. But then after we've encouraged them, it's out of our hands. So you need to take matters into your own hands for your own personal family. So, again, food, water, heat, shelter, protection. That's what you need to do. And if the dollar is going to be worth less in five years than it is today, maybe you take those dollars and you put them into something that you can use or barter or sell down the road. Just a thought. That's what I told people. Just a thought. That's a conclusion that I came to about 10, 12 years ago. So there you go. Uh, yeah, get yourself some chickens. Get yourself some, you know, there's all kinds of things you could do. And you have to decide for your family and your needs and what your lifestyle is, what makes sense. Maybe it makes sense, more sense to you and your lifestyle that you invest your money in, you know, property, real estate, things like that. Or maybe you do want to put it in a 401k. Although, again, that whole world reserve currency thing has really got a lot of folks um, a little concerned, you know. <laughs> and no, you don't have to invest in feminine hygiene products, but they could be worth they could be worth something down the road. <laughs> Bill, you just never know. You might be able to trade that for some beef jerky. I mean, who knows? All right. So anyway, that's what I was. Uh, we, that's part of what we were talking about. I want to come back around here to the other things that uh, people were concerned about. But first, let's go over to the phones. I made this caller wait long enough. Let's go over here and see what they have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yeah, buenos dias, Michael. Brady from Las Vegas. Uh, good morning, Brady. What's on your mind? Uh, your dollar is going to zero. It's going to be dust. Okay. And you're going to have to figure out um, you don't have much time left. You better buy as much silver bullion as you can. Don't worry about the gold. It's kind of, it's it's at the right price. But silver is so undervalued, you're a fool if you're not scooping it up at this price. Uh, coming up in the next two or three weeks, you're going to see the complete collapse of this economic system. The dollar will be going to zero. You'll see several company countries uh, implement their own form of cryptocurrency. You're going to see uh, 
the Fed now has one that's out there. The Unicoin is now out there. The Britcoin is getting in place right now. You got Sweden doing their own version. So again, remember the dollar is worth nothing. Well, and again, it definitely could go to zero pretty quickly. Again, if it's not the world reserve currency, it could create some serious problems. Uh, but uh, and I don't know if it's going to happen in three weeks. But I definitely have got my eyes on the horizon, Brady. I'm I'm definitely concerned about it, and have been for several years. Like I said, they haven't re- made a real run at the dollar in about ten years. Ten years ago was the last time that they tried to form a breadbasket currency. We'll see if they get any more traction. But the problem is, is if the politicians in Washington don't pull back, this is it's an inevitability. Whether it's three weeks from now or three years or 10 years or 15 years, it could happen. And uh, you should be prepared no matter what. Well, well, one thing, well, one thing, Mike, is what happened uh, when Russia went into Ukraine to get rid of those Ukro-Nazis and demilitarized it. The uh, what 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 happened then? What happened then is the petrodollar became worthless. Two hundred countries signed on never to use the petrodollar again. They formed the BRIC system under Russia, which is backed by gold, and the dollar is dust. Yeah. Wake up! It's gone. All you listeners, get out of the dollar today. Ditch the dollar and go buy some silver. Bible money. All right. Thank you, uh, Brady. Uh, I mean, the brick has been around for the brick was not a creation of the Ukrainian conflict. The brick has been around for a long time. Like I said, 10 years ago, the brick tried to uh, create the breadbasket currency before and they may have more. They may have more uh, luck this go around, but uh, you just don't know. Thank you for your call. 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. Uh, the second thing, uh, like I said, the majority of people that I talked to were concerned about national level spending and all the monetary things that we've talked about here this morning. The second thing that people were concerned about that I spoke to this last weekend when I was in Fairbanks at the outdoor show, uh, there was a vast majority of, I would say well over 60, 65% of the people that I talked to were grateful about the frank discussion that we had last week about schools in the state of Alaska, the, the state spending and the schools. But specifically, they were thankful that we talked about the schools. And uh, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad. I normally was not would not be quite so pointed, um, you know, with people uh, about education and reform and choices. But I think it's important. I think it's time to talk about it. And um, if you need another reason why you should consider taking your kids out of the public school and finding an alternative, whether it's a homeschool situation, whether it's private tutoring, whether it's a teacher share, whether it's some kind of learning pod or something all new, create your own, you know, whatever it is. Um, If you needed yet another reason, here's one right here. This is from Saturday. Uh, Critical race theory indoctrination at Eagle River High School has parents up in arms. Apparently, Parents were notified on Tuesday that students at Eagle River High School would be participating in inclusiveness training on Friday. The description said that the training was about racism and culture and to ensure that, quote, each student feels safe and valued at our school, which seems innocuous enough. 
I don't know how. This is what Suzanne Downing said. I don't know how you would think that inclusiveness training would seem innocuous because inclusiveness is another one of those uh, words, those buzzwords that it doesn't mean what you think it means. It means inclusive under their standards. They won't include you in inclusiveness. That's not how it works, especially if you are of white European descent. Forget about it. There is no inclusiveness in that. You're part of the problem because you've got privilege. The video that was shown to the students struck many parents as propaganda and made them wonder what else was being taught during the racism training. The video concerning parents was a CBS documentary called Are the Kids All Right? Question mark. Racism. Apparently, it's a whole series. Are the Kids All Right? It was mandatory training for the entire school. CBS describes the video as a racial reckoning is what's happening in America, but the voices of kids and teens are often missing from that conversation. In the video, teens are asked to describe their own views and experiences with being victims of racism. Every one of them describes themselves in victim terms. Um, the, the do- I mean, this is it. One of the documentary's child interviewees said, I didn't know that I still get privileges because I look white. Sometimes I'm like, is it my fault? But it's not. I mean, this is the... Okay. Let me just say this again. Let me just say what I said last week again. If you are unhappy with what's going on in your child's education, if you're happy, then great. Just keep doing it. Send your kids to the babies at the school, babysit uh, the, the school. Just keep doing it. Whatever. If you're unhappy with what's going on in school and you are leaving your children in school while you're trying to, quote unquote, fight the system and make it right again, you're sacrificing your children on the altar of whatever Moloch or I don't know, whatever. You know, again, it's the whole it's, it's like I said, my analogy last week was it's like World War One trench warfare. You're on one side. The Germans are on the other side and your children in the middle and you're going to fight out the battle over the schools. And they're the ones that are going to get riddled full of proverbial bullets. If you don't if you believe that the school system is damaging, then you need to find some other System Again, homeschool, pandemic pods, learning the thing, teacher share, whatever it is. If you don't do that, you're valuing the convenience of parking your kids for eight hours a day at a school over teaching them. There are all kinds of opportunities. You could teach them in the evening. You could teach them on your days off. You could, there are different, you could, there is things that you could do. And I'm just not buying the argument of, well, you know, I'm just not much of a teacher. Or I just don't have the time or there's only one of me or that I have known people that have overcome all of those things. That have taught their kids and it was one of the most rewarding things they could do. And if you want to keep fighting the system after you pull them out, then you're great. If not, you focused again on what you can change, which is your home, your own home stuff. It's the same answer that I gave you on the other thing. We can't fix Washington, D.C., because so you might as well take care of what's at home. Now we're looking at the school system. We can fix the school system, but it's going to be a long, arduous process. I'd rather have my kids out of it while I'm fighting it. Wouldn't you? I mean, that just, to me, makes total sense. The school system is fundamentally broken, folks. If you haven't figured that out, fundamentally broken. Not only do we have, you know, 
horrible scholastic achievement scores with tons of money being thrown at it. Not only that, we're also getting this, again, this agenda, progressive agenda of, you know, government good, liberty-minded stuff bad, uh, you know, racism and feel bad about who you are and victimhood and all these other things that are being touted and treated as if it is all gospel and you want to keep sending your kids to these places. That's, That's a problem. And if you can't see it's a problem, you may want to sit down and consider it again. That's what I'm saying. It's a harsh, I mean, it's a, I'm, I'm being a little harsh. If you love your children, pull them out. If you want to fix this system, pull them out. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Yep. Um, okay. Toilet paper. Masson, he'd be a Masson Gill millionaire. <laughs> oh, man. Um, become ungovernable, says Brian. Yeah. Moments, an acts of quiet civil disobedience. Um, um, good Lord. Um, I'm walking, I'm just reading through this. Uh, Good Lord, Walmart and Fred Meyer are going to wonder why four people roll up with a cart full of Kotex. I'm just saying, I mean, I'm not a woman, nor have I ever played one on TV, but you ask the ladies if uh, those hygiene products would be, if they couldn't get them, how much would they pay for them to get? To, if they, if if it was a trade item, if it was some kind of barter item, just ask them what they'd be willing to trade for that instead of not having it. I'm just asking. If you just, you know, just ask any of the ladies in the chat room. What would you say? <laughs> um, all right. Did the video include the racist roots of gun control, asked Rob. No, surprisingly, it probably didn't include that. Just probably didn't include that, Rob. Just kind of crazy. Um. My apologies, Michael. I ran the rest of the fan <laughs> and the rest. I single-handedly ran the chat room completely off the rails. I mean, you know, it's funny. I remember <clears throat> uh, when I was doing a, I was doing a long-term food storage class here. I did a, I did classes in Fairbanks for several years on this, and it, it quite often we came around to this discussion on things that aren't food that you should store, you know, basic medicines and supplies and consumables like toilet paper and stuff. And I talked about feminine hygiene products. And I mean, I would I would say, okay, ladies in the classroom, how many of you would give almost anything for those products if you didn't have any and you were had to deal with it, right? What? And they were all like, hands up. Not a bad thing to have is if you got ladies in your household, just ask them what would it be like to be without those products. I mean, that's <laughs> that's not a that's not a bad thing. Not a bad thing to have an extra box or two of anything on the shelf, whether it's Max and Cheese or Kotex. It doesn't matter. Not a bad idea to have a couple boxes of everything that you need and use every day on the shelf. 
Not a bad idea. And not the craziest idea I've ever heard of. Quite honestly. Again, this is something that I just grew up with. Right? We had food storage for days when I grew up. It was just just the way it was. And uh, it's just things that we don't we don't think about. You know, do you have some extra Advil? Do you have, you know, uh, uh, Neosporin or whatever? Do you have antacids or diarrhea medicine? I mean, you know, it, what it was, Emma, Emma, what do they call that? Not Epigac. That's the one that makes you throw up. Imodium. There we go. Imodium. Right? I mean, trust me. You start eating weird stuff out of your food storage that you've never, you haven't gotten used to or anything else. You'll wish you had some Imodium. <laughs> For all you guys out there that got those 25-year cans of Patriot Survival Food. Sure, live on that for a week and see how your GI likes that. Because you're not used to it. You'll wish you had some Imodium. <laughs> That's it right there. <laughs> I mean, oof. Oof. But, I mean, those are things you don't think about. And water. How many of you... How many of you got water stored? It takes a gallon per day per person. That's just for cooking and drinking. It's not for washing and bathing. A gallon per day per person in your household. How much water you got? Just asking. How much water you got on hand? Ah. <sighs> Yeah, exactly, Mike. It also makes a great field dressing for bullet holes. Uh, carried a he during the Saudi. Uh, he was in Saudi during the war. Carried a box of tampons to plug gunshots. One of the women in camp found out said it was the most favorite soldier. That it was from the most favorite soldier in the camp. Yeah, all kinds of stuff. So there you go. Uh, soap deodorant. Yep, not a bad idea either. Just to, you know, get yourself a little plastic bin and fill it full of those little, you know, dollar store daily use ones. Make it happen. All right. <clears throat> I'm just here. I'm just here to, to get you guys spun up today. That's all it's about. All right. We're coming up on it. Uh, we got more. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Please like and share. Like and follow. Do all the YouTube stuff and everything else and uh, share your thoughts and call in if you want to call in this morning. We'd love to hear from you. So feel free to feel free to give us a jingle. Here we go. Final go round. Let's do it. Well, hi, how are you? Welcome to Monday. Final segment of the show this morning. So the final thing that we talked about with the folks up in Fairbanks uh, when I got a chance to meet a lot of the listeners up uh, during the outdoor show at the Carlson Center. So first, uh, the vast majority of them, I would say 80% of them, talked about how they were concerned about what's going on with the federal government and the spending and the debt limit 
and the insatiable appetite for that money and the inability for them to control themselves, to which I answered, get your own house in order, take some of that hard-earned dough that you have socked away for a rainy day and maybe invest a little bit in it in hard goods that won't lose their value, and make sure you got stuff on the shelf in case, uh, you know, anything happens. It's just, it's peace of mind. It's all it is. You're investing in your own, you're investing in your own future. It's peace of mind. No doubt about it. The second thing they were concerned about was the education system. And many of them thanked me for my commentary last week when I kind of lost my mind a little bit and, and was not as nice as I normally am about people who say, well, I just can't do that. It's good for you, but I just can't do that. To which I say, bull, you can do it. It's just not convenient for you. But that's life, right? You, you, you can do it if you cared about your kids and the future more, you would do it. Is it a sacrifice for some? Absolutely. But can it be done? Absolutely. And the final thing that people were concerned about was just the direction that the state is going. Uh, whether it's the borough assemblies kind of going bluer, the muni assemblies going bluer, things changing, kind of the, you know, kind of the aftermath of the pink tinkle, right? The red wave that didn't happen and the spending in the state and everything else. People are worried. Of course they are. I mean, that's why you're seeing an outflow from the state of Alaska, because they're worried about the future, because the government doesn't care about the private sector, because not only does it stand in its way, it actually actively, aggressively fights against it by propping up the public sector at the expense of the private sector. And these people are, you know, are concerned about it. And what do we do? C, comment A. Keep fighting for it. Keep talking to your legislators, but get your own house in order. That's my biggest piece of advice to people today. Get your own house in order. You know, debt-free. Make sure you got, you know, a little bit of everything that you may need. Maybe that's an extra 10 or 15 gallons of spare gas for your generator or for your chainsaw. Maybe it's uh, some some uh, drums of a uh, couple drums of water that you can change out in case you run out of power and need to get some water. Maybe a generator to make sure you have power so you can draw it from the well. Maybe it's some food. Maybe it's some medicine. Maybe it's some, you know, whatever it is. Have a little bit of everything that you need on the shelf, you know, maybe two months worth of what you would need. So, I mean, for some of that stuff, it's easy. Water, that's going to be the big one. Two months. The average person needs a gallon of water a day. That's just for cooking and drinking. That's not for washing. A gallon of water a day. So four people in your household, four gallons a day times 60 days. You start to do the math. That's a lot of water. Just for It's not even scrubbing your butt. That's just, just drinking and cooking. You know, now, when it comes to medicines, aspirin or something like that, hey, one extra bottle of aspirin will get you through two months. So you don't have to go too far on that. You got food, you got, you know, it, it, it's just start looking around your house and think, if I didn't go to the store for the next two months, what would it look like? And then make a list. That's what you do. That's what you do. 
All right. Uh, phone line uh, 907-433-3150. Got one line on hold. Let's uh, take a call and see what your thoughts are today. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Uh, good morning, Mr. Dukes. This is Mike calling from Fairbanks, and you hey, are absolutely correct. Uh, prepping is the only way to go. They were making fun of the preppers there for a while, but they're not making fun of them anymore. Uh, but uh, well, I mean, you know, nationally, here's we the th- can't. Well, here's the thing, go Mike. I, I, you know, you say preppers and all this. Stuff. I, you know, I was born and raised this way. I mean, I was raised this way because, again, my grandmother, she was born way out in the wilderness and. That it's just it wasn't even a thing. It's just this is the mindset. Something could happen. We live in Alaska. We're at the end of the chain. It was not like oh you're a prepper, you're a survivalist, you're a whatever label they want to put on you. It was just we just kind of planned ahead. That was how it was. It was never any kind of um, you know. It's almost like got this dark connotation or tinfoil hat connotation if you're a prepper or survivalist. That's not for us. It was just this is how we were raised. This is what it was because you never knew when the, if the barge was going to show up or if you were going to make it into town to get supplies. So it's not just a it's not just a certain thing. It's just a lifestyle. It's just a mindset. And I just wanted to point that out. Go oh ahead. yeah, I'm sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think Fairbanksons more than anybody uh, take care of the future. I remember working for old Marvin Johnson. He's long gone now from Fairbanks. He was the uh, trustee of the old Oddfellows Hall over there. And when I remodeled that place uh, and his house, uh, he took me down to his basement. And he literally, and this is back in the early 80s, he literally had pallets of food stockpiled. And that's when our country was doing fairly well. And uh, that's just how Fairbanks, and I think most Alaskans have that mindset not prepping, but just that's their life, like you said, Mike. And right. uh, But I think nationally we can't do anything. I mean, we can't even do anything up here in the state. I mean, we still have Murkowski and Peltola won, Kawasaki won. These guys, our, our state is blue, in my opinion. And yeah. look at the school system and look at the, the dividend. Yeah. I mean, you, Mike, you have been on hammering for five years now. It seems like nothing changes. Uh, you know, the school system sucks. And you're right. Homeschooling, to me, is the one of the best answers because my daughter homeschooled and all three of her children are successful. They graduated ahead of their class and uh, in regular school as a comparative. But uh, you're right. Our kids are being indoctrinated with this wokeism and communism and socialism. Yeah. They don't want to get out of the basement. They're stuck on their games, their video games. And it's not like the old days when, you know, get out of here, go play you guys. Go, <laughs> don't come back till dark. And right. That's how I was raised and well, my, raised by fishing and hiking, I, hunting, gold I, mo- prospecting. I, prospecting's a big thing in my life. And it got us out into the woods and got us, you know, we got dirty and was, had fun doing it. But anyway, you're right. We can't do anything nationally. And it seems like we can't do anything uh, statewide either. And I got a question for you, Mike. Peltola, uh, during the election, last election, now I, I picked them up over there at BNC Laundry by the college. She had two page pamphlets with her face on the front and her name. And when you open the pamphlet up, it was a registration form to vote. Is that legal? 
I, uh, I'm not sure if that's legal, Mike, or not. I'd have to look into the law to see if that is legal or not. That could be, I guess, considered ballot harvesting. But I mean, I'm in agreement with most of what you said there, though, Mike. I appreciate it. Folks, we're out of time. Unfortunately, I'm up against it. We got to go. We're back tomorrow. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for being part of it. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Okay, I got one more line on hold. Let's go over there and see what they have to say because uh, we didn't get to them on the air, but they're still here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Anne from Soldatna. Hello, Anne. What's on your mind, my dear? Well, um, I was thinking about the school system and what's going on there. And I had a conversation with a friend who was raised in a communist country. And I was trying to get her to say to me, that because we still have our guns, we aren't over the brink yet. And she insists that it has to do with the children. If they've got our children, those children will rat us out and turn us into where we lose our freedom. So my idea was, if everybody took their children out of school, how could they control us? What would right. it look like? What would happen? Yeah. That's my thought. Well, no, I mean, I think it was a cruise chef, I think, that said, give me a give me a generation of your a generation or two of your school children and we'll basically have you, uh, you know, in no time. And that's right. And we've had three generations now that have been taught that government is a solution to everything. That's why we've got it. You know, people say, well, our children would never rat on it. Look at what happened in Germany with the Nazi youth and things like that. I mean, it does happen. It can happen. And if you don't think it can, you may need to, again, check your history books just to make sure. And I appreciate it. Thank you so much for calling in. Lenin, thank you. It wasn't uh, Khrushchev. It was Lenin. Thank you. Uh, appreciate your call. Folks, I got to go. Out of time for today. We'll see you tomorrow. shed our terrestrial radio skin and now we are slimy lizard internet people it's the michael duke show